The Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. I like these mugs. Yeah, righteous. Welcome to the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast, the podcast of clean and sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R, and SinceRightNow.com. With your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. Hey, everybody. Everybody calm down. It's our live studio audience. They are at fever pitch tonight. Worked into a lather. Our hype men are doing a good job. Yeah, you guys should have heard the warm-up. <laughs> Um, so we were just catching up after last week's um, Madisode. Yeah, so gosh, you know, feel almost a little guilty, but where else am I going to exercise my demons? But here with my close friends and everybody else in the potosphere, people who get it. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, so many out there get it. Um, we all got our own shit we're dealing with you know there is that that to me it's there's a sort of the unicorn that that's that's sober and they're like yeah depression anxiety no nah, no nah, nah. it's all gone yeah i'm good everything's you know? gone yeah it's and all no, in my head never had it um so yeah and that's you know i, I was gonna say i'd envy that i don't know if i am envy it i mean yeah, yeah maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah. i don't uh I don't trust people that don't have a little something going on. Yeah, well, but not too much. You don't need to have too much. I don't know. Maybe it'd be nice. Yeah, maybe it would be nice. Um, Who am I to say? So what else we got? Oh, uh, Jeff's gonna. Jeff sadly can't make it. He's out. uh, He's got a prior commitment with St. Louis politics. Oh boy, and uh, which you know, good on him. Good Good on on him. him. We'll miss him. And so it's Matt and I tonight, and uh, we're going to be dialing in in just a bit. Olivia Pinnell of Lives Recovery Kitchen. If you're not familiar, familiarize yourself. It's livesrecoverykitchen.com, L-I-V, um, is the live part. Z. Looking forward to it. A little different, uh, kind of a new area for us. Some of... Um, yeah, it's definitely... A bit of an epicure. And, yes, thank you. Uh, I think Ooh, that's classing uh, it up. Well, you know, classing. I do what I can, Chris. Matt's keeping it classy. Um, <laughs> let's. Uh, I don't know. Do we have any any news? Any no outstanding news or notes? You know, Matt. It, we did talk about Matt's dad. Matt's dad. He's he is still among us and doing really well, and very grateful for that. And uh, and I'm doing really well. You know, just proof positive that. This stuff, this thing that so many of us have, this anxiety and depression that um, doesn't go away necessarily when we get sober, um, does go away eventually. It's all cyclical. So you never feel like it's going to end. And lo and behold, that's the only constant is that it is finite. And at some point it gets better. So, um, so H-O-P-E, yeah. hold on, pain ends. <laughs> that's what they say. Look for the shirt. That's right. Speaking of shirts, we are imbibing. We are out of our sweet new zero percent ABV mugs. They're fantastic. I walked into Chris's home studio tonight and home, and was inundated with the zero ABV merch, merch gear, swag. He's soaking in it. He's got the sweet new lid, super tight, and then uh, these great new mugs. And I gotta say. They're pretty excellent. All on the our, new gear is next level. On our own dot supply. I'll leave you with that. Let's call live. Let's do it. Liv, you know what? Hey, how are you? You know what I didn't clarify when we called? Are, we, are you Olivia or Liv? Okay, well then we'll call you live and hopefully you'll be good. Um, so uh, welcome. We gave you a bit of an intro. Uh, Liv Pinnell of Liv's Recovery Kitchen is joining us tonight. 
Pinelli, Pinelli, I apologize. I never, I never do what I'm supposed to do. You know, three three years into this, didn't ask that one, did you, Chris? I didn't ask that one. I, I just. <laughs> okay, Pinelli it um, is. Let's see. Well, so, thanks for joining us. This thanks is... for joining us. Uh, here's the thing. Somebody just tech chatted in that they can't hear you right now. Yeah, which is strange because I can hear you. As can I. Um, Matt can hear you. So our focus group of two, 100% hearing you. <laughs> which is, that's promising. Let me see. Let me just double check. Why they might not be hearing you. Um, well, yeah, that's who told me. Oh, but another, another one. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's good that we get the technical difficulties out of the way yeah. right at the beginning. Well, it's it, all. You know, like three years in, one of the things that I swore I would do after, like, I don't know, the first year is make sure that I understood how to pronounce someone's name before they got on air. And uh, I didn't do that for either of your names. Um, and uh, so I apologize. And the other is to make sure that uh, everything's working before we start recording. So let's see. Um, no, I don't think that's it. Hold on one Let's moment. Let's just laugh. This is live radio. If they can't That's hear live. Just talk about, <laughs> I'll be like, you'll never repeat that. That is priceless. Um, yeah, I uh, I think it may be on their end. Nope, they can't. Yeah, they can't hear. Hold on. I'm going to try one thing, and then uh, we'll just hold. we'll just... Audio, video. Are we live tonight, Chris? We are. All right. This is when you say, hey, man, live podcast. How about now? What are you going to do? Can I swear? I'm allowed to swear, right? Oh, yeah, you can swear. Fuck yes. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking brilliant. There you go. Um, I don't know how we would do this without the power profanity. I know, right? Well, they say, uh, Someone just bought me a book called In Praise of Profanity. Okay, they can hear you. All right, okay. hallelujah. Fantastic. Hooray. So, so, hey, you're hearing Liv, Pinelli. Yeah. You Pinelli. missed me. Actually, everybody would have missed me mispronouncing your name, so uh, I just called myself out. You nailed uh, it, though. It was perfect the first time. Really. So, uh, okay, everybody can hear you. Fantastic. Amazing. Welcome, Liv. Yes, thank uh, you. So... What we were talking, Matt, in the before we got you on air, had said you were a bit of a an, an epicure, and he's classing up the show already. Yes, um, <laughs> you, you, I think it's it's something new for us that you come to recovery and you bring um, a very distinct sort of healthy eating component. Yeah, that while many many people in recovery sort of move that direction, that's very much a part of what you what you're putting out there. Yeah. Um, can you maybe start by talking about how that aspect of your recovery came about? Sure. Um, I so I was about three years into recovery, and I honestly I was just like, "Is this it?" Mm. You know, I all I was doing was working and meetings. You know, I I, I was like. I was the epitome of that phrase, you know, head down, ass up. Um, you know, I was like really working my ass off with my step work mm. and, you know, being Miss Altruistic. And then, and then I felt like I suddenly woke up and I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm. And all I was doing was work and meetings and all that shit. So I, I, I got to this place with food where I, um, I just kind of thought, you know, it's the same it's the same process with with drugs you know I, I I was eating in the same way that I was using and you know I put on 150 pounds in my using 
and um, I hired a coach and um, and just set about um, trying to deal with what the underlying cause was. You know, it's the same with addiction, mm-hmm. and 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 that's what 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 transpired. You know, she she firmly believed that for me, my life was boring. There was no fun in my life. So she coached me to incorporate fun into my life. And I, as part of that, came up with the idea of blogging about my journey. And then the more that I blogged about it, people said that they really enjoyed what I had to say. And my friends for a long time have said, you're a really amazing cook. You need to share that shit. And... (laughs) (laughs) So I did, and then and then I was always really surprised. Like you, you like that, and and then I realised that a lot of people can't cook in the way that I can. Mm. So it just it just evolved in that way, and um, it was Liv's locomotion back then, and right. you were, you were the one that that kindly uh, brought up that it reminded you of trains and Kylie, yeah. um, which aren't, aren't bad associations necessarily, but. Um, no, yeah. no, but that wasn't. Yeah, that right. wasn't. I was. It was. It was right. the perpetual motion of of a journey that I I wanted to portray. Sure. So, so yeah, that's how it, it came about. Um, and it continues to evolve from that. And when it's become, I mean, a really terrific force in just the recovery community in the short time that I've been aware of of you know you and what you're doing. Um, it really seems like you've come into your own with your, uh, was it, Liv's um, Kitchen Table? Yeah, Kitchen Table of, Conversations. Yeah. Which yeah. Um, and which is the, the most popular feature, surprisingly. It's surprising to me. Um, uh, but I guess if you think about it, it you know, uh, people are genuinely interested in, in stories of, um, of transformation and, exactly. and recovery and you know, people are nosy. Exactly. I was just thinking about that today. It's like the, the, you know, when very early on, I was like really careful. Like I didn't want to be, uh, or feel like a voyeur or, uh, you know, a tourist Mm -hmm. in the recovery space. But the reality is like all of us, even those in recovery, I mean, who doesn't enjoy a good drunk a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think what I particularly like about those conversations is that I like to ask questions that people don't necessarily ask. I think there's a, a plethora of interviews out there where people just churn out the same questions, whereas nobody really gets to the heart of um, I, I want to get to the heart of why people do what they do. Yeah. And um, yeah. and I want to talk about physical recovery. Sure. Um, because there's there's a resistance to it, I feel. Yeah, that's interesting. I I can see that in the room sometimes. In that people people will get sober and get into recovery, but hang on to certain facets of yeah. That, you know, you see a preponderance of smoking and right. uh, just yeah. Highland coffee and um, really <laughs> yeah not. You know, I mean, we do serious harm to our bodies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we really do a number on ourselves. You stay away from my coffee, though. No. (laughs) Let's not get crazy. (laughs) I gave it up for 18 months, I swear. Jesus. That's just... Oh, it was painful. Um, (laughs) And uh, and now I'm... Oh, God, I love it. You're back, Uh, yeah. I'm back. Oh, good. Yeah. Welcome back. I had two pounds delivered last week. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So I arrive in Portland and I, and I, somebody gave me some of this coffee and I was like, this is amazing. I need to get hold of this. So I contacted him directly and I said, cause I can't believe how much you pay for coffee here. It's ridiculous. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's crazy. So I just contacted him and said, you know, can I have some coffee directly? And he's like, sure. Yeah. How many pounds do you want? And I was like, just a few. All, all the pounds. Please. Yeah. Or so sorry, I interrupted you. Um, no, I don't think so. No, yeah. No, I was just uh, just making the simple point that um, that seems to be a facet. The physical wellness seems to sometimes be a facet that's mm. overlooked. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, people people don't want to. They don't. They, it's like this. What last thing that they're holding on to, isn't it? Well, it's interesting. Like 
Jeff talks a lot about how with sponsees, he, he often feels like he has to teach them how to do simple things to take care of themselves. Like, you mm-hmm. know, make sure you drink enough water, make sure you go to bed on time. Like mm-hmm. in, in active addiction, you know, we often just completely lose sight of how to be good to ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. just in very normal ways. Um, because we're not doing any of those very basic things. It's like the, the broader things seem more challenging. And um, yeah, that is yeah. interesting that, that it, it all gets lost. And then the other thing is that, that there seems to be the other extreme, though there's so many of us end up being like, you know, <laughs> it seems like marathoners and, yeah. you know, um, you Cross- know crossfit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, um, I, interviewed, I interviewed Christmas Abbott and I interviewed um, – Charlene Matthews, and they're both um, in recovery, right. but but chose CrossFit as an alternative yeah. to, you know, a traditional type of recovery. Um, huh. So it's interesting. Yeah. Oh, so they they didn't they didn't do did they do steps or twelve? Or I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Um, I think you know they're in that kind of that camp of. That's something that I, you know, addiction is something I used to do. Mm. And then I made some healthy choices and I changed my life and I don't need to revisit it as a disease and that kind of school of thought. Yeah. You know, I was talking to, um, have you heard of Eka Recovery? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Eka. Yeah. They're they're sort of working on like a birch box for recovery okay. kind of thing right yeah exactly yeah. and um EKK. And it's, yeah. yeah and it's similar to what they have uh in the blurt foundation in the uk which they do for mental health specifically like so essentially it's a self-care package right. um that's delivered once a month and um one of the founders lives in portland and i i was speaking to her a couple of weeks ago and you know and and, and what transpires from the research that they've done in their their campaign, because they, they did an Indiegogo campaign, is that right. there there is a, a little bit of a people are not as open to uh, you know like a nutritional package as opposed to a self care package. I feel, feel that with physical recovery, you need to word it in a way that is more palatable, mm-hmm. um, and self care seems more palatable than. You need to eat healthy and exercise, and you know it. it it's a slightly different language, I guess. That, you know that you need to have. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Really yeah. interesting. You have to parse out your phrases very carefully because you know I think a lot of people in recovery are wary of doing too much at once or committing. Yeah. To, you know, I I've seen people who just will take a band-aid off quit everything at once mm. throw themselves into this complete transformation but to a lot of people myself included that seems daunting and yeah you want to you want to phase it a little bit you know um i that, completely agree that's i mean my i was i was the rip off the band-aid and completely oh, yeah? change all my behaviors immediately like i went from you know i'd i'd my story is that many people are familiar with now. I, I planned my sober date like mm-hmm. two months out, quit everything. I'd quit the drug, the, the other drugs, but I quit alcohol on the date I had planned. And then basically I woke up the next morning, morning and began, uh, you know, I, I had this like, I was not going to, uh, in retrospect, it seems a little crazy, but I said, I wasn't going to eat any cheese. I wasn't going to eat any butter. And wow. I worked out every day. I had the luxury of being at my parents' home. And they were letting me do my own, craft my own recovery. I worked out every day for at least an hour um, mm-hmm. on, you know, like strength. You're a freak. So, I, I, and I, wasn't crazy. I mean, I wouldn't have made it. Uh, now, note you, Chris only ate cheese and butter up to that point. That was his entire <laughs> right. diet. So it's really. That's a messy diet. <laughs> <laughs> And the funny thing, I'm living at home. I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to eat cheese or butter. And my mom's like, well, I'm cooking, so I, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what your plan is there. But, um, some, I, you know, I, I did it somehow. Um, but it was, seemed arbitrary. I don't know why. I guess I thought, whatever. But anyway, so, yeah, I was one of those rip off the Band-Aid, 
completely change everything. And uh, uh-huh. well, I mean, it worked out for me. But um, so, and I, do you eat cheese now? I do. I love cheese. Yeah. 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 I, I, I've had to give it up. I've had to give up dairy. Uh, oh man, it's killing me. You yeah. know, I, I, I'm making a pesto this week, and I. So I, I, I don't buy cheese anymore, but mm. I am trying to find a way to incorporate a hard cheese into it. So I, sure. I went to Whole Foods and I bought some, um, I didn't realize that Pecorino is sheep's milk. So I oh. bought that in, in anticipation of, of making it this weekend. Mm. And, and I've already, I've already eaten half of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, cheese, uh, yeah. It's they tough. say it affects the brain in the same way as cocaine. Really, I I can believe that, and uh, and blue blue cheese. Uh, have you heard? It seems more dominant. And this is just a, an aside. In in the UK, I found more incidences of people noticing this. Blue cheese. If you eat blue cheese, your dreams are incredibly vivid and wild. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. I, I find in the in the US, people aren't aware of that as much, but in the UK, they really. Or aware of that. Huh. I think that potentially is because um, you love blue cheese. It is, it, yeah, yeah. I, it gives me migraines. But um, the isn't cheese in the US all pasteurized, whereas in the UK, that might be it. It's not, so that might have something to do, or it's just got acid in it. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so on that note, can we do this? Can we back yeah. up now? And mm-hmm. can you talk about like how you became a person in recovery? Why you're in recovery? Like what? What got? You yeah, sure. Um, I, hmm, I, uh, I kind of coasted along my rock bottom for a couple of years, mm. but essentially, um, I got to the place where I I just was consumed by using. I um I, I was still in a full time job at that point. Um but my life just consisted of of you know of, of getting up, going to work, trying to get through the day without throwing up, um planning, you know, how much I could buy on the way home. Um, whether I could get the day off the next day, you know, that was just my life. And, and it continued that way until, you know, I removed everybody from my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and then in my infinite wisdom decided to leave my job, um, and, and had this epic blowout. But at the time I didn't know it was an epic blowout. You know, I drank, I think I drank like 15 bottles of wine and, had a couple packets of codeine in like over a weekend and I I got to this place where I I called um I called a family member in recovery and said I, I can't do this anymore she'd taken me to a couple of meetings before but I wasn't interested um and I just got to that place where where it, it had to change so um I went to an AA meeting and that was the 26th of March, 2012. And I haven't had a drink since. Um, I, yeah, uh, but I, that wasn't, that was the beginning of my recovery journey because I, in many respects, not only in that I stopped using, but I, when I was going through my step work, my then sponsor stopped me halfway through and said, actually, you're an addict, um, drugs are you picked up drugs at the same time as alcohol Mm. um and I was like yeah and I've kind of been taking codeine as well while I've been sober (laughs) and she was like we're going to an NA meeting and and I really kicked off I was like I am not like them Mm, I've never used heroin I haven't used proper drugs for years (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. you know because like if i was to choose a dr- like my favorite drug it would be a combination of, of cocaine and alcohol um yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> they synergize they right. produce some uh, yeah they do they did i can't remember the name of it exactly um that stuff is incredible but i'd stopped you know i'd stopped um doing that in my late 20s really um, I got into recovery when I was 32. Um, so yeah, so my story was then I then on the 5th of August, that same year, 2012, um, got clean. Um, I wasn't using codeine in the same way that I'd been using it whilst I was drinking, but I still, 
if I'm completely honest, um, wasn't, I didn't, I didn't need to take it, Mm -hmm. um, in the way that I was. So yeah, that's, that's what happened. So were there any physical, uh, withdrawals or any kind or? I spent, um, I spent two nights on the bathroom floor. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, my, um, my stepdad's a doctor and he, you know, he came around and, uh, you know, both he and my mum were, were really concerned about me. Mm. Um, cause I was very physically sick. Um, and, um, you know, I, I was actually really, I was teetering on the edge of calling an ambulance because I, I'd never felt that rough. I mean, I, I could deal with the most epic of hangovers and, mm. you know, I, quite often I would get migraines as part of my hangover, which is where the codeine addiction came in. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, I thought in my infinite wisdom again, let's, let's take the codeine prophylactically with a glass of wine winner. Okay. I won't get a migraine. But then I, but then as the night progressed, I'd forgotten how much I'd taken and you know, it would just, yeah. So I was very physically unwell for, for a couple of days. Um, and then, managed to get on my feet i think that was the sunday and then I, my first meeting was on the tuesday wow and yeah that was that and that was that so you uh, yeah the the program 12-step recovery that was uh, yeah did you dive in pretty hard or yeah yeah i've been through the steps a couple times um i i started the third time last year and then i've just kind of I I was saying to I've got a new sponsor now I'm in Portland and I mm. I was saying this week you know I I just I feel like I've fallen out of love with the steps you know I feel like there's only so much introspection that I can do mm. and over the same shit you know I understand that I've got slightly defective thinking mm-hmm. however I don't believe so much anymore in referring to myself in that way i don't think it's helpful yeah i mean i'm as you know like outside the that that i never know what to call it that 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 system i always call it a system (laughs) in my head but but, uh yeah even just the, the notion of going back a third time seems to me from far and it's not for me to judge but it just seems um almost punishing (laughs) yeah i mean you do get different things every time and i i i have experienced that i've experienced the aa steps and you know the na working guide is a it's pretty hardcore you know the 69 questions on step one um which is is fairly thorough um but you, you you know as we've been talking about the fact that, you know, some people deal with things in stages in their recovery, oh, yeah. that was my experience. So I first stopped the alcohol, then I stopped the codeine, sure. then I stopped smoking around 18 months, and then I I dealt with food. So in the same way as I'm going through the steps, something else comes up that I have an addictive tendency That's towards. Yeah. So it's not like it's just I'm going over the same thing, but I'm going over the disease in the same way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it feels repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I feel like I feel like the steps don't have enough of a positive element to them. I feel like we should be focusing more on what we're doing right. Yeah, we need to clean up our shit absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to go over the reasons why we fundamentally used. But I just think that, that there should be more of an emphasis on building self-esteem um, other than the result of, of, of doing that. You know, because you build self-confidence and self-esteem is the longer that you remain clean and, and sober um, and you live responsibly. But I feel like there's still, you know, my self-esteem was cripplingly yeah. low. Mm-hmm. And I and and I would still say it's it's not quite there yet. Do you, uh, are co-occurring disorders like depression, anxiety, 
any of those are those part of your yeah okay yeah um and it's interesting you say that because i i think um i have this conversation with a friend of mine in the uk and you know i i believe that that people in the rooms this is just simply my observation they all yeah we all suffer with a, a disease if you want to refer to it in that way um where you know we all suffer with a chronic um desire to to avoid ourselves but the but the reasons i think are different amongst all of us um i I think that what's quite common is that there's some kind of trauma Mm -hmm. um but going back to this this conversation over my friend i i think like for me and this the same with him is depression i was really depressed as a child and my Mm. teenage life and you know and i believe that that is why i used because it was the only thing that made me feel alive Mm -hmm. and better um and i think food is the same you know it's that it's not just the avoidance of myself it's that i i do suffer with long-standing depression and anxiety and and that that's why that's why i chose to use substances whatever they are Mm -hmm. and i and i i completely uh agree with you you know have having come from a similar place in that you you spend so much time in your head and when you find substances and you find it's a way to get some distance from yourself and a way to really feel as if um to feel differently you know and you when you just when it's a inside your head and the only being you know is a hostile place and, uh, <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. You know? um, and, yeah. and then when you strip things away in the recovery process it was what was hard for me and I also I quit smoking sometime maybe a little over a year after I uh, got sober and then I started eating well and all this other depressing shit exercise <laughs> and all that stuff. it's just what how am I going to find comfort these are the yeah. only things I know that mm. give me some modicum of comfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it seems like a really daunting thing in the beginning to take away yeah. all of these little aspects of security. Mm-hmm. Now that it's, now that so many of those are behind me, I can look back and say, well, those weren't giving me any fucking comfort. No. But, no. Um, but the big question but is, do where we? am I going to find it? Where am I going to find it? You yeah. know? Well, that's the thing. Do we take them away or or do we just replace them with healthier things mm-hmm. in a different package? Like, you know, so th- those needs remain, don't they? You know, I need to be able to process my feelings in a, wa- mm-hmm. in a way that I now have learned to do healthily. I need to um, improve my mood mm-hmm. or, or maintain my mood. You know, so I just, I've just replaced the drugs with exercise and mm-hmm. eating well and stuff like that. But it's by no means a, uh, you know, a, a finished product. And 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 I feel slightly uncomfortable becoming like this, um, this voice on, um, you know, like some kind of expert on nutrition and recovery, because in my head, and this is the self-esteem thing, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm not the finished product. I've still got another 50 pounds to lose. You know, I didn't, mm-hmm. I maintained my weight last year because of all the shit that I went through last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and there is, I mean, I, I think I have a sense of that too, that sensation that you might be a fraud. I mean, I some I feel that way doing a podcast. I'm like, what right do I do I slash we have to put something out and expect people to listen to it week after week? Absolutely. Because we're all desperately works in progress. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm like, you know, sometimes there is that that sort of imposter syndrome at play. Like, yeah. it's just, you know, the, the insecurity of so many of us that have this thing. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm wary of it, too. Yeah. And really, it... Anyone who professes to have answers or solutions, I'm wary of. You know, yeah. it's the seeking, yeah. it's the looking, it's mm-hmm. not the arrival. I, I mean, none of us, yeah. uh, at least speaking for myself, and I think for Chris <laughs> and Jeff and a lot of people in recovery, it's just it, it's uh, it's about how we keep trying to get there, not about. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that, I think that's why I, I, yeah, and I think that's why I've made my strap line on the site. You know, I was, I got all professional with it, and you know, wrote a business plan and stuff, and oh, and and be, my, well, yeah, it's not finished, but um, <laughs> I kind of, you know, I, when when things happened with my brother last year, I had to put it all on hold, and but my friend who's who's you know runs his own business had asked me what you know what my key words were and. And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's about I know it's about nutrition and recovery, but I don't want to use those words. And then I, it just came to me. It's about the journey to health yeah. and wellness and recovery. It's not. It's not this. I, I don't profess to be, and I hope I n- I'm never this clean eating guru mm. who doesn't eat sugar and you know works out seven times a week and you know their body is a temple. I just don't think I'm ever going to be that way. But I just want to be well in recovery and I, I I guess I guess my target market is is me you know me <laughs> exactly. three years ago exactly yeah and if someone had just said to me three years ago you know or even in my early recovery mm-hmm. you don't have to feel as exhausted as mm-hmm. you do I would get up and I would get a taxi to work I would <laughs> like eat shit mm-hmm. I would fumble around all day in this shitty job and I would get a taxi home and I would be like, is this it? And I'd fall asleep in meetings. Um, and if someone had have said to me, you don't have to be that way, do this. Yeah. And the, yeah. that is the reality. It's not, well, it's about living in a way that's sustainable, right? It's not. Yeah. yeah. And I, I have like sort of this visceral reaction to, I have this sort of, uh, to people that, particularly in recovery, that, and and maybe they do, and it's not fair of me, but that's my own resentment issue. But when they seem to act like I have it all figured out, and they do, they throw out this prescriptive stuff. Yeah. Like, here's what you need. Here's all you need to do, and here's what I know, and do this. And you know, it's I have this you know alter ego anti guru, which you may or may not yeah. be aware of. And it's literally <laughs> yeah, because I I, I have such a, a reaction. A, like a negative reaction to people that act like they have it all figured out for everyone. Um, yeah. And maybe that's my, that's my own hang up, but, um, no, I, I'm with you. Hang I, up. Yeah, well, I'm behind that hang up. Um, I just, I just think it's, it's more of a, a bullshit detector, yeah. isn't it? You know, yeah. <laughs> like if we're truly authentic and we show that we, you know, we're not the finished product. We have our ups and downs. We, you know, we do make unhealthy choices. I eat cake, you know. <laughs> I might eat vegan cake nowadays, but I still eat cake. Uh, <laughs> yeah, cake. <laughs> cake. Okay. Why are you oh, so delicious? I mean, we, we all have, it's fragile, right? Mm. And I just feel like yeah. it's, I want to pay proper respect to this, situation mm-hmm. and not, prophetizing about it just feels like you're playing with fire mm-hmm. you know i i would yeah i would hate to be the person who figured it out and then fucked it up because there's been so <laughs> right. many who, you know, yeah I mean, god i've seen people speak with the just their conviction is burning brighter than a million mm-hmm. suns and then you hear like yeah. oh did you hear mm-hmm. yeah i went back out you know, I mean, you just yeah, exactly. I I um, I've been having a conversation with somebody who you know, and about how there are people in recovery who um, you know, they're profitizing on their uh, on their recovery, and and I don't, I really don't want to, I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. I want it to be about you know, an authentic journey. I hate using that word because I think we just overuse it. Um, but, but, you know, I don't want to be this spirit junkie. Um, <laughs> I just want to be real and I want to, um, you know, I was I was writing, I, I do a lot of writing now. Um, I mean, that's my main source of income now. I'm I'm here and um, I was writing about, about, about my journey and about the fact that I, you know, yes, I want to make a career for myself, but I want it to be sustainable and mm. I want it to be, um, I want there to be some, some value in it, you know, and I, I, I just don't think that, um, 
I just can't see going down the route of offering like this online program and you know I, I I'm thinking about coaching other people I, I, and I I after the coaching that I had I decided to do the same coaching program that my coach had mm-hmm. um studied um so that I'm in a position to actually know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about and and to be able to help other people but but what I have been writing in these articles is that you know I, I don't I don't profess to be a nutritionist I don't mm-hmm. profess to to have the answers what I what I want people to have is some information that you know you can feel well in recovery and and you just need to make a few habitual right. changes that are, that are manageable Exactly. You know, you can't. I just, I don't believe in excluding food groups and. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. Exactly, manageable, sustainable, and realistic, right? Exactly. Um, hey, so can I? One thing that that's made me think as you're talking about it, you had mentioned earlier that about three years though you had had the "is this all there is" sensation, yeah. which. Um, is you know we talked a lot about that second stage recovery. Um, are you uh-huh. familiar with that concept? I mean, that sounds like what you were going through. I hit that wall at about five years. Um, yeah, where where the the gifts of recovery seem to not be as big or shiny. Um, yeah, and I'm like, well, is this it? This is all I get for being sober yeah. for doing all this work. Um, yeah, or which I'm having another one now. You're having that same sensation. No, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know that it's 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 I you know clearly it doesn't it's not a thing isolated to a specific time frame, but it does tend to hit. I think the first time around two to five years is what people seem yeah. to say. Yeah. And uh, so, well, okay. So you're having one now. What, what did you change then? And or, or what what what. What realizations, changes did you make, if any, then, and what are you doing now? Um, I, I mean, I would say then I felt like I suddenly woke up. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't necessarily put it in the spiritual awakening bracket because mm-hmm. I'm not sure I believe in those. But I, um, I like you live. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's good. Tell me again. I like to be oh, no, I, I, <laughs> no, I, I, I really you're. I I just feel like I, you know, I was just like, this can't be it. You know, yeah, the novelty of of being sober and waking up without a hangover um, and feeling good wore off. And the reality hit that I was in tens of thousands of pounds worth of debt. Mm. I was working in a shitty job that I hated and I and I hated the people in it. And. I didn't necessarily, just because I associated with people in recovery, I came to the realization that because we have a disease in common does not mean we are the same people yeah. and we have different values. And, um, I, you know, like, like when I was going out for a meal and, you know, there are people there like not paying or um, treating the waitress not very nice. And, yeah. I, and I was just like, what is this shit? That, mm-hmm. like, this is not... So, so uh, what I changed was a little bit of my environment, and I I got some health coaching, and then was able to apply some fun to my life, and um, that's what changed. And then, and then I had the same thing, you know, uh, last year, like a couple years ago. My when was it? It was uh, 2015. My brother, my brother lives in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and so go and you know he he's been saying to me for a long time you know come back to the states live because we were we were born in new york originally um but as a result of my father's addiction i ended up in the uk and he's been saying no come back come back and um so it's always been in my mind that i wanted to do that and then last year i just got to this place where i just thought I had outgrown the UK. I mean, that sounds really arrogant, but <laughs> in the sense, that I just, I just had that "is this it" moment, and uh, and some things changed where I was able to make my plan. I accelerated my plan, and I was able to to move to the states in December, um, and then. So, yeah, so I just made my world bigger. I changed things. Uh, I guess 
it's about a level of stimulation and and uh, fun and I have a thirst for new experience um, mm-hmm. because I feel that when my experience is dulled and I'm bored, that's when I overeat. That's when I use. That's when I do things that are not helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I'm here in Portland, <laughs> um, I'm a bit not not. It's not the same in the sense that I'm thinking, is this it? But I'm thinking, oh, my fucking God, what have I done? (laughs) 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 Because my my induction to the States as a teenager for the summers and, um, you know, going to to the Bay Area a couple of times is is a different world to Portland. Right. Uh, uh, So I... Yeah, it's a different kind of what is this? It's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of a, a getting your equilibrium back. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, it at the moment it is like somebody has ripped the covers off, mm-hmm. uh, and I, yeah, I feel like I'm free falling a little bit. Uh-huh. I just, I think in my mind, I'd thought once I move. Uh, everything will work out and it is working out it's just that it's not as prescribed as i would like it to be but well and it does i mean you made a a a plan it's not like uh did you pull geographics when you were i mean did you when you yeah yeah um kind of um but not, you know, nothing like this. Interesting, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a big change. Watching from afar, I was impressed <laughs> that you were. <laughs> Everybody says that. Wow, you're brave, and I'm like either brave or crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they're the same thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's that people are like, you you move you you know you're moving to to a place that you've never been, and you haven't got a job or anywhere to live. Like, yeah. That's the crazy thing. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. But if not Saddle now, up. when, right? Exactly. I'm 37. I have, you know, no commitments. I've paid off all of my debts. You know, I, I was in a position to do it. It's now or never, you know. Um, so, yeah, I did it. And it is it is brave and it is all new. Um, and did you know, I mean, other than our online friends did you know anybody there no wow good for you that's but i i you know i <laughs> i had spoken to you know our online friends and i'd tried to nurture those friendships from afar in preparation for coming here and you know my brother's still in the bay area sure. it's only what a 90 minute flight right. um yeah it's 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 strange because I don't feel homesick. What I feel is I miss the lack of familiarity. Mm-hmm. You know, people people have this weird. They look at me. You know, like a dog looks at its owner. Like it, it <laughs> right. kind of cocks its, cocks head. its head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I speak, <laughs> you know, and if I don't get if I don't get the oh my god your accent, um, I get this like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah it's and that's incredibly isolating you know i think when you're tired you don't you you don't can't really orientate yourself and you know that's one of that less so now maybe it would still be if i had the opportunity but i've i always have enjoyed the sensation of being a stranger in a strange land Mm -hmm. like i but i'm also an extreme introvert so um, yeah being isolated I, I don't get lonely, um, so no, I don't. So that that never particularly, but so I, I've always enjoyed that sensation, um, and I think that was also part of like my addiction. Part of made it easy to pull geographics because I was always willing to be a stranger somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. I'm I I have realized in recovery that I am an introvert. Also, yeah. although people do not think that I um, they see me as very sociable. And then someone said to me recently that he was an outgoing introvert. And I said, that is me. That, right. I, you know, I'm sociable, but I need my own space and my own experiences. And I, I don't have this 
this need to be around a lot of people. In fact, that drives me nuts. <laughs> I completely, I can completely relate. People, people are aghast when I say, I'm yeah. sure. They're like, but you're so comfortable around people and you're outgoing. And I'm like, that's all bullshit. That's not how I really am. Those are defense mechanisms. You know? I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm outgoing and that's a lot of work. It's not my default. It is, my right? default setting is, you know, uh, to not Netflix. be there. You know? <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and you're good at that. I just read an article today about somebody with social anxiety, and they're talking about and they, they're talking about how one of their good friends said, "I thought you hated me when you when I first met you," and I'm that guy. Like I'm the guy that th- you think hates you when he meets <laughs> yeah. you because I'm so socially Andy anxious Mike. that I just okay. shut down and I uh, my defense mechanism to sort of seem like you don't want to get close to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, so whereas I'm quite, I am quite warm. <laughs> and I'm chatty and I'm, you know, I can be quite friendly, but I, I need that Space. downtime. Yeah. 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 Um, well, how brave to yeah. do what you did. I mean, you were, ext- as yeah. I felt this pang of jealousy, like how mm-hmm. that's, that's intoxicating, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure it's scary, but um, that idea of uh, if not now, when, you know, mm-hmm. as Chris said, that's, that's pretty exciting, and uh, well, I'm, I I get that 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 pang of um, envy just because there's that little there there's you know it's the addictive nature of it. Like to me, that would give me a little rush to be in that position. So um, yeah, but uh, it, it is exi- it, it is exhilarating. Exhilarating, it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you got a bike, and you're riding around in the snow. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I got a new ride. Not, it's a Gary not knowing Fisher. where you live and missing, can't find your house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. And I'm I like, how these roads work? Yeah. And um, yeah, getting on the wrong side of the road, and um, <laughs> and also feel like the, the they've had freak weather here. They, mm-hmm. you know, they said you do realize it rains a lot in Portland, and I'm like. I'm from Manchester. Have you ever been to Manchester? That's like two hours of sun a year. Like, it just rains all You'll the be time. Right at home. Yeah. So maybe it's not uh, that different. <laughs> no, it, it's it's um, it's a similar climate, but you, I believe that Portland has proper summers, um, which we don't really have in the UK. Right. Uh, well, not in Manchester anyway. Well. Um... So you're plugged in? Or are you going to meetings now in Portland? Yeah. Meeting yeah, new got people? Yeah, sponsor. Yeah. All right. I, but my, my experience here has been very different in fellowship. I And I have been really – I think this is what shocked me the most about my experience. Like the first thing that shocked me was the mental capacity it requires to, to process such a move. Mm-hmm. But the second thing was that, you know, I – my brother had said to me, look, Liv, you know, it is going to be difficult for maybe up to a year. Mm. You are going to question why you've done it. You are going to feel isolated. You're going to feel all of these things. Just go with it. Um, so I, you know, I've cried a lot and mm. I've got to meetings and I've been crying and not one woman has come up to me. That's strange. Yeah. And that isn't something we would get in the UK. Mm. If I... You know, I, I, I've been just taught very well in the UK that, you know, if you see a woman that you've not seen before, you go up, you introduce yourself mm. and you make her a cup of tea or whatever. Um, whereas here, that's not been my experience. Um, really? I found women, I don't know if it's it's a Portland thing. Um, I had the same experience in the Bay Area um, in, and in both AA and NA mm. um, where there was quite a cold, you know, um, kind of wall there. Whereas the guys were really friendly. Um, it was unusual. Uh, so I had to sort of get out of myself and go and introduce myself. And yeah. you know, I'm sure you can appreciate it's not easy. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I felt like a newcomer. And my, you know, my friends had said that to me in the UK, you know, your one or two meetings a week isn't going to cut it when you go over there. You need to going to do a few more and act like a newcomer and mm-hmm. oh god <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do not oh, shit. envy that <laughs> yeah 
I'm like, I've done my time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have to do this again. But I'm not yeah. a newcomer, don't they know? I know. I don't want your number. No. <laughs> and do you try like different meetings? How does that work? I mean, to see yeah. if yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I've kind of found my groove now and I've I've spoken to a few women um that are outside of the Portland area mm. and that moved here and that could identify with that experience. Mm. And they've kind of taken me under their wing and introduced me to other people. Mm. Um, so that has been more comforting. Mm. Uh, but at first I was quite surprised by that. Um, so I went to a lot of gay A. Uh, oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And they were much more friendly. Well, good for them. Uh, and if yeah. any of you AA people in Portland are listening, be nice to live. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't make excuses yeah. yourself. Yeah. You take the point. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's it weird. is weird. It is weird how geographically it's different. I've been, you know, I, I found in Chicago it was it wasn't the warm, welcoming arms of AA necessarily, and you had to make the effort. And then, yeah, you know, I guess I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe a little. It's just much more. Uh, uh, it's warmer. It's warmer. Yeah. And it var- I'm sure it varies meeting by meeting. But I like to paint with the broad brush. I like my stereotypes. Yeah. Damn it! And I think it's very mm-hmm. different here than it is there. So. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Somebody even here. I forget who was just talking. Somebody. Oh, I had uh, a, a sister-in-law here. It was here recently, and she was telling me about a family member of hers that uh-huh. um, even here in St. Louis hasn't found an AA meeting they like. And, you know, I've been to four meetings in my life. And one of them I went to was right by my house. And it was, I've been to a couple that I'm like, this that doesn't feel good at all. Yeah. Um, I've been to one that was like, okay, this feels about like what I'd expect. And then I went to this one that just felt like a good time. It felt like almost like, it was a bunch, it was younger it was like more diverse mm-hmm. and i was like well this is a meeting i could get into like if every a meeting yeah. was like this people would feel good about it because it mm-hmm. felt good yeah you know? it was a really positive energy so yeah. it, it's a shame that um well, I, I mean I well, guess I, it's just the nature of I, people getting together it, yeah. in groups yeah i yeah. think it is and i think um yeah, and it it does vary between fellowships as yeah. well. I feel, um, but the meeting that I went to on Saturday, just I had that feeling like yes, this, oh, you know, finally, you know. Right. And then shortly after that meeting, I was introduced to someone who said that they would sponsor me, oh. and I wasn't intending to do that, but it just happened. And yeah, so it's all happened very relatively quickly. Okay. Um, but I had the kind of the faith in whatever that it would all work out eventually. Um, I just believe that, you know, in, in putting the footwork in that it will, you know, it's someone, yeah. And someone had said to me as well, you know, like you, you haven't, you know, your high power, the universe, whatever you want to call it. I don't even know. Um, you know, hasn't brought you all this way to drop you on your ass. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think they might have a point. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Um, I'm glad to hear it's taking a bit of an uptick there. Yeah. Uptick. So, um, the other thing I always forget to do is uh, make sure that make sure to tell the guest if we didn't get to anything that they want to mention that they make sure they they. They mention it. Um, I mean, we did talk about livesrecoverykitchen.com is where people can go find all things live, right? Yeah. I love the, I yeah. love the format. I like the the kitchen table chat, the intimacy yeah, it, of it. It does feel, um, it just feels like a different interview format and in that it doesn't feel like an interview. And I, I was poking around today and it, I really... Uh, I enjoyed it. That's good. I like to hear that because I, because it is, and there are three distinct themes there. And I, I still kind of feel a little bit like I'm fumbling in the dark. So I always like to hear a bit of feedback about what people want to see. And, you know, cause like the recipe area, I am thinking of resuming, um, 
because I'm moving again on Saturday. Um, yeah, so um, I think once I settle there, I'm going to resume that. But I don't know if that's what people want. People like my food, but, right. you know. I think, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I think the recipes are, are sort of a, I mean, I, I would keep that, keep that going. Um, do you, I, I should know this. Do you, you don't do a video, you don't do videos of anything, do you? I do. You do? I, I, I have started, because there are very few. Okay. Um, it's something that I started last year, and then when things happened with my brother, I kind of stopped them, and then the move got in the way, and I had to make a decision about what I could consistently right. put out, mm-hmm. and the only thing was, was interviews. I wanted to be able to make the promise that I could deliver one a week. And I and I, I delivered I There was only last week, was it last week? It was the week before, where an interview didn't go out. And that wasn't through any of my own doing. Um, so yeah, so I want to I want to resume the videos, um, and I just need to find the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because people said they wanted to hear my voice, and then mm-hmm. I put my voice in it, and then my brother said to me, "Well, if you, you, I won't use the exact words that he said, but <laughs> no. that you could do sounding a little bit more enthusiastic." Oh. <laughs> I was just thinking, you, you got a voice for podcasting is what I'm getting to. So Do uh, I? Oh, yeah. Well, I think we should we should talk about pod or vodcasting. And if you're yeah. not already, you should definitely. Uh... Well, I did a few video interviews, and I had expected that they would be more popular, but I think they're too long. Yeah, and the other thing is it just takes a lot of, well, I mean, we can talk about this is like the inside yeah. baseball stuff, but it just... Um, yeah, it just takes dedication to to generating the the viewership or the listenership. Um, just, mm. There's just a lot of effort behind driving those numbers up. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, Liv, it's been a terrific chat. Um, yeah, I'm I've so loved glad it. we've finally. It's been a long time coming. We tried to do it when you yeah. were in the UK, and now that you're here, um, I'm just glad we got to talk finally yeah, yeah me, it's a pleasure me too. if you could have seen chris and i there was a lot of looking at each other and nodding mm-hmm. and i think uh <laughs> i think that we come from very much the same place yeah. as we do with a lot of people but yeah. uh definitely um really oh, cool appreciate what you're doing and uh Thank i just you. love the fact that you're taking some chances and uh i do too you know I'm it's envious. great now I feel like I'm in stasis. <laughs> Damn it, Matt. Now we're depressed. Thanks, yeah, Liv. Thanks, Liv. All right. Time to move. Yeah, move. Just up sticks and, and, well, and go more. Yeah. Well, thank you. Daddy will be back sometime. Bye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always have these pictures. Right. Thanks for a long walk. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um... Cool. Thanks for coming on, and uh, it was—it truly was a delight. And this will be out tomorrow by noon um, for all to hear. And yeah, if you tag me, and I'll share it, and um, I will in the usual places. Yeah, and I'm gonna—I'm gonna email you. Yeah, all fantastic. Right? Cool. Yeah, cool. All right, thank you, nice you too. Bye. Bye. Be well. Bye. Bye.
Team, another clean and sober intervention. 